Spurs in full cry here. Welcome, listeners, to The Extra Inch. My name's Windy, and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Bardi. Hello, Bardi. Hello, Windy. And our tactics guy and hype merchant, Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan. <laughs> Anything for clicks, as you know. You've got everyone somewhat hot under the collar about yeah, Richarlison, Nathan. I, well, I got myself hot under the cover about Richarlison. To an extent, I wasn't really expecting, to be honest. I, That's um, good. That's good. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe... Um, I should have a tiny bit of hesitancy over the sample size that I was I was using to to mold my opinion in that video, but I'm I'm feeling really good about this deal. Um, so yeah. so last week we had a conversation about Richardson mm. pre-signing, and uh, I said I think he could cover two positions, and you said no, I think he can cover one. Are we saying then that you've convinced yourself that he can cover Kane too? Yeah, I think so. I think Woo-hoo. so. I'm only halfway into your video, so so oh, for those okay. for those who don't know, uh, Nathan makes videos for us behind the Patreon paywall, and they're they're very good, they're very enjoyable. He goes deep in the well, he now he does data analysis at the start of the videos too, and then follows it up with video analysis. So you're getting the full data analyst video scout experience. It's good stuff, Nathan. Buddy, have you watched it yet? No, I've not watched it, but I was going to ask him: is, is his lack of goals a concern for you? Um, I don't think that he is going to come into the club and just be like an enormous goal machine. I don't think that he's going to be like, um, you know, putting up in like really impressive numbers, even on like a per 90 basis. Um, I think he's a good finisher. I think he's a capable goal scorer. I don't think he's going to be a dud in that department, but I'm sort of more pleased coming away from that video about like, um, what he can do for us tactically in terms of replacing both Kane and Son. Um, so us not having to completely change the way that we mm. play when we bring him into either role. Um, and outside of that, I just have so much faith in in um, if the team can continue to operate as it does, the team will generate goals and wins, <laughs> right? So even if Richarlison isn't, you know, putting up, um, even if he, if he's putting up sort of, 0.2, 0.3 goals per 90, um, which I think is still, you know, good. Um, we as a team, I think, will function really well. Um, yeah, even if he has, you know, a poor finishing run or anything like that. Um, yeah, I think that we we don't have to... You think about the players that we brought in prior to try to do this for us, um, especially players who um, really lacked a first touch, you know, Janssen, um, maybe uh, Vinicius, you could argue, um, who who had no back-to-goal play, who were just big poachers. Um, that is so far removed both from Kane and so far removed from what Conte wants from his forwards that um, it, it warps you. Whereas I think Richarlison... And, and the same with, with moving Son off the pitch. Any time in the last three, four years we've moved Son off the pitch, there's no depth in behind. So mm-hmm. I think Richarlison can, can do both of those things, mm-hmm. basically, is my takeaway from the video I've now completely spoiled. Um, <laughs> and so, I, yeah, I, even even if he's not a massive, massive goal producer, which he hasn't been at Everton, Everton are terrible, um, I still think outside of that, he'll still be very good for us as a team. 
So a lot of the kind of Italian bloggers and um, social media people that I follow are really hot on this. They they really like this and think this is a, a great idea. And a lot have been comparing um, Richarlison's um, signing to when Tevez went to Juve. Now I don't really I don't really remember Tevez that that well at Juve, but I I. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this. And the more I think about it, the more I read about it, the, the happier I'm becoming with it. So I think this is a good thing. I also think it's it's worth repeating the point from the previous podcast that because of his his name value and his market value, mm. um, again, unlike everyone else we brought in to do this before, maybe a partial exception for uh, Llorente, he will actually give Kane a reason to sit on the bench uh, on on Sun a reason to sit on the bench on given occasions which you know I think Bergvall is a very good player still is still on the books in fact um but like couldn't couldn't really justify removing Sun or Kane from the pitch mm. um without you know causing some upset or causing fans to be why would you take Kane off when we need to go you know all those kinds of things right um and I think Richarlison does a lot more of us in that department. I think that that might be something that we've overlooked both like the the club itself and also us as fans maybe have overlooked a little. Um, and he, I think he just ticks all of those boxes. Again, even if he's not a brilliant goal scorer, which he could be. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're right. Aside from the name, he comes with a bit of an aura. Yes. He sort of uh, has a... Um, big dick energy. Yeah, he's got some big dick energy about him, hasn't he? I mean, and he's he was Everton's best player. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's not be around the bush. He was Everton's best player. Um, and, you know, we like to shit on Everton because it's funny with Frank Lampard as their, as their coach. But they're not a terrible club. They've got some other good players. Richarlison was the best. He was their best player for a couple of seasons. And we've just taken him from them like candy from a baby. And he, <laughs> he comes and joins us as Brazilian's first, as Brazil's first choice striker. And like you say, someone who can, who can allow us to, to put Kane on the bench every now and again. Of course, not in the big games. Of course, Kane's going to start against all the big teams, but he doesn't need to start every week, particularly when it's two, three games a week. That's that's going to be very bad for Harry Kane. The other point that I think we didn't mention on the last pod, but we definitely have spoken about um, off-air, uh, is the sort of succession planning element for Son. Because we forget that Son's not a young man anymore. He's, he's kind of... Um, he moves like one. He does, mm. but his age has snuck up without us really realising mm. it. Um and you just don't know with players who have that pace how how long the pace is going to last for. And what he can do without the pace. And what he can do without the pace. And, you know, Son shoots really well off both feet, but will he get into positions that allows him to shoot off both feet? That's the, the critical is question. Son, is Son that fast? I, I, yeah. I know he's rapid. He's, I, um... I don't think he's like lightning speed. I think he's very smart and he knows when to run and when to move. But yeah, that's definitely true. Like his movement is, is really quite exceptional, but I think he is, he is that much of an outstanding athlete. I just think that he, um, he's not he a Dharma f- fast though. A Dharma no. over a hundred meters. No he's one's got, a Dharma fast. He's got a good stride in him though, son. He's, he's, you know, he's, uh, you, you forget he's, he's six foot. He's a big guy. He's got a good stride. I think there's a significant difference between his on ball speed and off ball speed, right? Mm. He really accelerates when, for those balls over the top that Kane plays. Mm. Um, but also generally his off ball speed is what, is where he's like an, a, a, a 99th percentile athlete. Whereas his on ball speed, like his ability to carry the ball around plays and stuff is good, not great. And I think that's where it can look like he's not that fast, but I, mm. I think he is that fast, basically. Mm. I still don't do, I still don't think he's the fastest at Tottenham. I think maybe Reggie's faster than him. Maybe. In the, in the flat line. Or Sanchez. Sanchez is, Sanchez is rapid, isn't he? 
Uh, so it's Son's 30th birthday on Friday. Happy birthday, Sonny boy. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing in football, whether they care about turning 30. Probably depressing for them because it's sort of another step towards the end of their career. But yeah. Well, turning 30 was really hard for me. The thing for Son is that he's going to turn 30 twice because his his um, career used to count birthdays differently. So he turns 30 last year. They ch- have changed their um, year recording methods to huh. match the rest of the world. So he's also turning 30 again this year in, in his, <laughs> Holy in his shit. native country. Holy shit. Did not realise that. Good knowledge, Nathan. Yeah, very nice. I th- I think, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, <laughs> if I remember correctly. So if you like the sound of Nathan's video, and many did, we've got lots of new signups, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash the extra inch, join 1200 plus, plus people who are sub to us. We appreciate every one of you. Uh, we've got some different tiers. There's one which is just, you get nothing but you support your boys. Uh, there's a middle tier where you get everything and it's is it six quid i actually forget how much we charge and then there's a higher higher tier which is just support us get everything and also you're rich eventually <laughs> one day that will be more things when we are able to offer more things but um that's still waiting for now yeah it's been waiting since we since we kicked it off if in fact if you've got ideas for that let us know uh that'll, that'll be good we've got loads of questions to get through this week chaps um so we, uh, obviously we've, we've, we've signed Richarlison since the last poll came out. It sounds like Jed Spence and Clement Longley will be finalised in the coming days, I suspect. Um, <laughs> Bardi having absolutely savage Longley in the last episode. <laughs> I just, I just don't think he's very good. And I can see the, I can see the merit in doing it. It's a really low risk opportunity. But, and I guess if our number one targets aren't there, then, then let's do it. But I just don't think he's going to turn into this superstar defender that we're going to cash in on. It's a, it's a Galini punt, in my opinion. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. Mm, okay. Um, think back to this time last year. Um, how much would you have taken for Eric Dyer? Oh, yeah. I, I, would, have, I would have wheeled him out. F- yeah. Five million, you'd have driven him yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a very similar kind of situation where okay. you have you have a very capable defender who mm. needs who needs a better setup to, to protect him, um, a better mentality around the club, um, a change of scenery, um, all those kinds of things. And that's not that's not a promise that he's definitely gonna be the player he could be. He could still mm. carry those mistakes with him by I, I I think that that has to be the angle on this transfer. Like mm. you take Maguire um, away from the current situation at United, you know, before when he was at Hull and in his first season or two at United, a brilliant defender. And now he's this laughing stop because he's made a few mistakes and um, United have this horrifying, toxic <laughs> environment around their club um, that we had here for a little while. Again, with Dyer, with Sanchez. Um, Sanchez Davis. hasn't turned into yeah with, with Davies too Sanchez hasn't turned into a, a magnificent centre-back maybe like the other two you could argue have because he still has technical limitations in his game but he's also mm. not this massive scapegoat that he was before um, he's, he's just sort of an okay backup I think yeah. I think that's got to be the thinking is that we can we can make Lengley the the player he previously promised to be fair enough and I'm, I'm, I'm for that I have my doubts about him but I would like to see him come in and, and give him a go. It's just I can't help but get those thoughts of him getting absolutely mm. murdered in the Champions League out of my mind. And that's all I see. So perhaps in a better system with a better coach and a different style, it might work for him. Uh, but let's see. 
There's a touch of back to basics about Conte's defensive approach as well, isn't there? He doesn't try and overcomplicate things defensively. I mean, there is some complication when we've got the ball, but there's like a very stark, we have the ball, we don't have the ball difference of Conte, right? It's, it's not like you are expected to be a playmaker at all times. You, you, you defend first and foremost, then you win the ball, then you regroup and you reorganize and, and you do the on the ball stuff. Uh, and I think that that's the kind of thing that suits players who, need their confidence built up because they get to focus on one thing at a time. Uh, I think that's really helped Eric Dyer as well as, you know, the the line being a bit deeper as well, which was always a big struggle. Derek Dyer in the high line running towards his own goal was, was uh, always a slight concern that that's been completely mitigated by the way we defend as a union now. For sure. And, and, and I accept the fact that Conte has this effect on players. He takes players and makes them better than what they are. Um, Lukaku is an example of, of a player who's really good, but Conte makes him look even better. And when other managers try to use him, he just doesn't look as effective. And I'm mm. sure there's Conte tax on Skriniar, on um, De Vrij, Bastoni, Barella, all these guys, maybe not Barella, but there's uh, definitely Conte tax involved in all the other players that have had good careers, Victor Moses, these guys. Yeah, wing-backs galore. Yeah, too. Because I think he he compartmentalizes things for players. Mm. He sort of makes it more straightforward. He kind of removes some of the tricky decision making, which can confuse players. He's six foot one. Longley. Yeah. Okay. That's that's yeah more than adequate. He's taller than Ben Davies, isn't it? He's got a few inches on Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Ben just seems bigger though. He just. The biggest person, like, like Jan Vertonghen never had big man energy. But when I met him in real life, he's absolutely huge. He's a giant, but I never thought he was that big. He's not got much of a jump on him. Davies, def- def- Davies is definitely out jumping Jan, especially mm. on a, like, a height per height <laughs> yeah, ratio. I can, Im- <laughs> I can imagine is quite dense and he just, he just doesn't move, just doesn't get air, does he? So we've got uh, several questions about transfers. In fact, I'll start off with this one, which is about a specific player, because I think it's quite interesting. So this is from Henry Kirby, who says, we'll keep it short but sweet. Cavani is a free agent. Are you surprised we've not been linked with him? Feels like a great option as a backup striker with lots of experience winning titles who could help in the locker room and on the field. Um, and, and Henry is listening from North China. So thank you, Henry, for listening all the way from China. And thank you for your question. Uh, he's really old. <laughs> he's 35. Goodness me. I don't know. I I'm, um, Definitely when we're talking again about like name value, um, giving giving Kane a reason to be on the bench, he certainly ticks that box. Um, I think he, he was he was actually kind of okay at United. Same. Again, the mm. United were, were a mess. Um, yeah, maybe, again, we, we signed Charleston and I think that does a lot for us. Maybe if maybe if we um, went with someone who we didn't think could play the central role, then Cavani on a one-year um, might have been a, a decent deal. I don't know what he's looking for, though. You know? mm. Yeah, he I, might be looking for a longer contract. I think Cavani's a player that we would have gone to in a different time. Yeah. Kind of like um, a, a new Lorente option, but I don't yeah. think now. Not now. Okay. Uh, Mike P says, do you think we can sustain transfer activity like this over multiple windows? We're not going to get regular cash injections like other clubs, that's for sure. So how do we stay competitive beyond this window? Mm. I mean, we have to sell better and then just continue to stay in the Champions League. I think that's the way that's the way we sustain it. Pretty much like, like all the other teams around us, continue to get people through the, through the door and, and get in, into the deep part of the Champions League. That's it, isn't it? It's, it's Champions League qualification is absolutely critical. The advantage we have over some other teams and yes they they will have cash investment from wealthier owners and benefactors 
um, but we do have the stadium revenue uh, and the the possibility of of having Guns N' Roses concerts at the stadium that mm-hmm. brings in huge amounts of money and NFL games being played there. Uh, and I think that does genuinely set us apart from from other clubs. I mean, we yeah. can sustain this um, this transfer activity. Uh, and like Barney says, some sensible sales would would definitely not go amiss. Get if players aren't being used, get them off the books ASAP. Don't let them rot like we have done in the past. But I do think we need to stop making huge losses on players. So, for example, we can't sign an Endombele again, spend fifty million, and then sell him at a um, at a loss. I think, for example, when the time comes to sell Romero, we, we sell him up. You know, we, we always try to sell up and really increase the, um, what's it, the, the book value because there's a mortars, what's it called, where you, you sign a player, then you work out their contract over a period of time. Amortization. Reading, that's the word. I've been reading too much um, Swiss Ramble. <laughs> Just making sure we, we sell at a good price and sell high and don't take losses like we did on Endombele and we'll probably do with La Celsa. Dan, who beat Bardi in a cage match. Bardi, if you remember. Uh, Dan says, is there any worry that we've left ourselves with too much to do in terms of outgoings and might be left with some unwanted deadweights come the end of the summer? Yeah, yeah, this is... Um, so I was talking to um, to Greg Jenner about this on Twitter, right? Our method of business for the last forever has been Levy will make sure that we have generated our budgets from our sales first. Um, and then we will bring players in, um, which maybe is the sort of financially safe um, with that sort of isolated the zone thing way to go about things. But it means that players don't come in until late in preseason and the conditions were different here. We have a director of football and um, Conte demanded players or a certain number of players in before the beginning of preseason. And so here we've arrived at this. Um, but we haven't had really any outgoings and they're players who are going to be tough to move on. Um, I would kind of like to have seen a sale by now. <laughs> I guess if you go by previous windows... We sold Carter Vickers, Nathan. What more do you want? Oh, yeah. We sold Carter Vickers. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little... I'm beginning to be a little worried. I think if, yeah, the, we moved... Like we moved Delhi on fairly well in a sort of fairly smart, interesting, creative deal. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little worried. A little We're worried. about to sell Bergwijn for thirty, forty million. The lower end, lower end of that, I suspect. Yeah, yeah. twenty, twenty-five. <laughs> well, thirty was definitely mentioned today, but you never know whether it's pounds or euros, which uh, does change things a little. Um, I still think we're waiting to see what happens with Lacelso and Pau Torres. There might be something going on there. Endombele is the one which I think will struggle to to sell. I'm not sure if he was back at the training ground today, but he was. Videos, he was. Oh, okay, cool. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's where we need we need to make a bit of money. I'm not worried at all about the sales because I saw what Paratici did in the January window and it made me very hopeful that he's got this and he'll just sort of sort things at the end if needs be. Uh, And that might just be getting them off the the wage bill for the coming season and worry about the transfer later. Sort of, as Barty says, just, just loan out, deal with it. And then, yeah, hope they have a fantastic season and their value shoots back up. Um, I mean, Lo Celso is is still a very highly regarded player. I think he he perhaps perhaps he overpaid slightly in the end, but I think he's largely maintained his value. Uh, and Don Blay's different. 
um, because we did pay a lot of money for for his potential and it hasn't quite panned out how everyone hoped. But there's still value there, you know. There's there's still a good midfielder. There's there's a lot of teams he could be very beneficial to, and they might not know it, but but it is the case. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and and you never know. Like a few good preseason games, and suddenly a, another club goes, "Hang on, we need a midfielder." And this guy looks like he's, he's gonna... he looks like he's fit. He so was at all... the training grounds, but I don't know if he's going to be like involved in Conte's actual preseason. He, anyway. He'd have to be, though, wouldn't he? He'd have to be. You know, you can't just completely exclude. Maybe, maybe <laughs> he can. Maybe he can. I don't know. I mean, he has to fly. If he doesn't fly to South Korea, then that's pretty bad. Was the, was it, was Danny Rose and a few others once left off a plane, left behind yeah, I think to be so. sold? Yeah. I think so. I mean, that's got to be hard. Just not even invited on the plane. Mm. Yeah, that's... I think that would be like unnecessarily ruthless. <laughs> Um, I'm, wait and see, I guess. But I'm not. I'm not worried about sales. I think Winks. It sounds like he he might well go to Everton. That that could be twenty million. Bergvine to Ajax would be thirty. Um, Regulon, although he doesn't appear to want to leave, uh, is obviously wanted by several clubs. We've had bids for Emerson Royale. I suspect we're waiting for the Spence deal to get finalised before we think about selling Royale. Um, yeah, there's it's gone quite a bit on on Joe Roden. Um, I was expecting a lot of interest in Joe Roden because I think he's a really competent player, but it does seem to have gone quiet there. Um, Tanganga, there, there's been interest at various points in the window. So we, there's there's lots of players that have clubs sniffing around. And as we know, as the window starts to hot up, lots of deals trigger one another. So it's two months to go. Not feeling too worried yet. I think it's, uh, I think it's okay. We've got enough money that we can keep buying without having to sell. RR10 says, even with the excitement of Perisic, Basuma and Richarlison being secured early in the, in the window, is there still a sense of disappointment that for the two positions of most need, we look to have added Longley and Spence, who are not exactly immediate upgrades on current incumbents? Hmm. I mean, Bardi, you sort of hinted towards that with Longley. And obviously, having been linked with Bastoni at the start of the window, we all got our hopes up and thought this would be, this is, this is something special. Um, are you disappointed? I am a little bit disappointed in Longley because it's not it's not Bastoni, and that's that's not Longley's fault. That's that's me and what I what I really really wanted. But I still think Ben Davies is an exceptional defender, and if Longley can come in and offer rotation there and something, then that's great. And if it works out, ten million pounds is is a fantastic deal. Spence, I'm a little bit concerned about that. It hasn't happened yet. We've been talking about this for a long time, and I'm not sure what the deal is, what the what the delay is. But I'm still I'm not down. I'm not I'm really not down. It's just me being really picky. I mean, we signed Basuma and Richarlison, who are exceptional players. And um, Perisic, I don't know if you saw him today, topless. What a man. <laughs> just look at him. What a specimen. Um, so, no, I'm really excited. I'm, and I'm not going to let a, a low, a one-week low in transfer activity get me down. Yeah, I feel pretty optimistic too. I think um, I think Spence is really going to surprise people. And I think it will happen. I, I think it's just a case of negotiating tactics and maybe we've got some other irons in the fire, but I, I fully expect the Spence deal to go through. Uh, and I think he is, for me, he's an instant upgrade on our right wing backs. Mm, I, agree I think he, he adds something to the team that we just don't have, which is ball carrying from the wing. Uh, he is genuinely an exceptional ball carrier, the, the kind that we've not had since Kyle Walker. And, um, and that's going to be a really useful skill set to have. And his crossing is is certainly a weakness. It's it's um there's some room for improvement there, but it's 
better than Emerson Royale's crossing and it's at least on par with Matt Doherty's crossing. So I'm I'm not overly concerned about it to be honest. Nathan, are you feeling are you feeling disappointed or are you just generally happy with the signing so far? Uh the main thing I think is generally happy. In terms of Spence, it's like I think that in most circumstances, like if he if he were to join um if he were to be joining other members of the top six, for example, I would be thinking of him as more of a prospect type okay. signing. Okay. Um but the sensation I'm getting is that the club feel and Conte feels and this is kind of speculation here, right? Is that they feel that they because of the tools that he has and because of what Conte asks from his wing backs and because of Conte's own faith in his own coaching ability, the Spence can pretty much hit the ground running. Um, so maybe that is a slight uh, gamble or, or is certainly um, very optimistic. But um, I don't know. I don't hate that situation. It's tough, though, because we have we have two right wing backs who are sort of quite good, but not quite good enough. And can you move both them on? Do you want to bring two new in? This is the, we've been having the same conversation about right back mm. for like five years basically mm. they're sort of decent but i have some worries let's get a, a new one in at, at least and yeah i don't know and i think spence is better than that for me i i mean i think the upside i mean if you the spence's ceiling is is very high he's yeah, definitely i really really bank on him becoming an excellent right wing back uh whether that will happen next season i think it's fair to question but i think the ceiling is higher than any right wing back we've signed in the last five years um i want to go back and watch the video that we recorded but have not yet released hopefully this week the tapes really. will get released finally uh blanky says i am constantly seeing we need a replacement for ericsson does the midfield really need a passing player? With our midfield being predominantly defensive, if our wing-backs are more attacking, does this not mean we can just use the midfield to link the play rather than starting the play? Surely this means we can spend big on wing-backs and not need to worry about an attacking midfielder. Nathan, what do you think? I think every team, every team who um, want to contend for the title need a good passing midfielder. And maybe, maybe Conte's teams are the exception. Mm. Um, you've seen something of an exception in the way of like um, teams like Liverpool. Not so much now because they bought in Thiago. Um, and and like the Red Bull teams, whose game is more about turning the ball over high. Um, but I think most teams need a really good passer in midfield, like at least one. And in fact, you could argue that that Liverpool have have improved as they've moved away from being quite so dogmatic in their play style towards having more technical players like Thiago. So I would really like for us to have a creative passer um, option in our squad, at least. Someone, you know, one of the reasons I really liked um, the Ericsson idea um, that has, you know, it looks very much today like he's going to Man United, which I which I dislike. Um, but the one of the great strengths of the Ericsson would be like, okay, we're having a tough time unlocking um, a, a parked bus. Let's bring Ericsson on for twenty minutes into a role which you know maybe you feel like he's not defensively strong enough for at this age, but we're going to take that risk and use him there, that sort of thing. Or he can come on and play in Kulosevsky's position for a little bit and stuff like yep. that. Um, so that we have that option. I'm a little concerned about us going into a season just with no option there. Or our option there is we'll bring on Winks to play the sixth row and hit long balls over the top, maybe. I just, um, that's sort of not enough for me. So even though we have four um, starting quality box-to-box central midfielders, 
I'd really like if we had Fabian Ruiz, basically, um, uh, or someone like that to be um, to give us another option. It's, I don't think it is an absolute necessity, um, but if we're going to give ourselves a 150 million transfer budget and we're going to bring in, you know, argue over five million over Spence, we might as well bring in <laughs> a Parsi boy. See, I'm okay with us not signing a Parsi boy. Um, I think I think a trio of Basuma, Hjoiberg and Skip will be okay. I think they'll do okay as long as our wing-backs are good enough. And I think with Perisic and then Spence and perhaps a different right-wing-back option, I'd rather see the money spent there. I'm okay with it. I think we can, I think we can live with that. I'd rather get a better defender in. A, a defender that can pro- pro- progress the ball as well as a, as a, as a midfielder. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think our passing range doesn't just need to come from midfield. It can come from the defence. It can come from Harry Kane dropping in. Um, And with Perisic, it can come from from the wide players as well. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with Saar because he is someone who can ping the ball. Yeah. We don't have like that many crossfield pass merchants, but Saar is one. I think Skip could be developed into a player that, that pings a lot more from deep. And and Hjoibier, when he's got time in the ball, can pick a pass as well. Um, but yeah, I'm really intrigued to see how Saar fits in in central midfield over preseason. In fact, let me pick up this question next. So this was oh, from... I was just sorry, ask, buddy. before we get there, does that mean we're all going to just tip Brian Hill into the bin? Because before, under Nuno, mm. he was playing centrally a little bit. Mm. There was talk about that like a kind of Modric-like young boy who could turn into something. So I'm just asking. Yeah, no, I I like it. I like it. I mean, he was back for preseason today as well. Um, We don't know. We don't know whether there was a sort of, um, whether he was homesick. Uh, We suspect that Conte didn't like his lack of physicality. We think that was the reason that he was loaned back out and will presumably be sold. Um, but you just never know if 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 he hits the gym over preseason and proves to Conte that he's got the the muscle mass to compete in in midfield. Then maybe he could be a bench option for midfield as well. There is a vague Barella-ness to his play. Yeah, I can see that. I'd like um, I'd like I'd like us to see a little bit of Brian Hill preseason because there was mm. there were moments last year early in under Conte when Conte needed something Southampton away and stuff, and he didn't do the obvious and he did turn towards Brian Hill instead. Mm. 
Um, he is another box to box player, another um, very sort of like athletic up and down player. He's an on the ball um, box to box player. He has a really good carrying and a pretty good dribbling game. Um, and as we alluded to earlier, he can really ping the ball hard, both in sort of long passes and shots. Um, where questions remain that can't really be answered. We're going to do a video on him soon, I think, and see if we can get into this a little bit. But where I'm having a hard time from what I've watched so far is getting a read of his sort of more general possession play, right? His ability to receive the ball um, from a player behind him on the turn, under pressure, um, combining short passes, um, give and go, um, find teammates quickly, all those kinds of things. I, there's still a lot of question marks over. So um, if he can bring his sort of neat and tidy possession game up to some of his the standard of some of his stronger attributes, there's a there's a real player in there. Absolutely, I just have some and the like, the question marks aren't necessarily him. It's just I don't feel that they can be answered at this time. So maybe uh, maybe he comes in, plays a bunch of preseason games, really impressive. Um, and we have five central midfielders, um, all of whom profile at least a little bit similarly to one another. Mm. Um, but I, I still, I still sort of have some areas where I'm like, I can't get a read on him. Interesting. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask this next because I think it ties in. Cal the aggregator, our Caligator, our fantastic aggregator in Discord. Cal says, "Who is your preseason player to watch?" Anyone you think is going to end up playing themselves into more minutes for the season ahead? And it's a similar question, also I'll, I'll, I'll tie it in. Uh, Gianni Nico Cinelli says, which Spurs player do you think will flourish under Conte next season? Um, who did not flourish this season? He, and he suge- suggests Sessegnon and Skip. Although, to be honest, I think both Sessegnon and Skip at times did flourish under Conte. I think there was, was Sessegnon really showed huge improvement by the end of the year and Skip was looking great before his injury. Um, so, Bardi, any thoughts from you on players to watch in preseason who you think might kind of edge ahead in Conte's mind? I mean, it's nailed on who's going to have a sparkling preseason. Lucas Moura. He's going. To, <laughs> he's just. It's just the way he is. Him and Lamella love preseason. So Lucas Moura is going to do a brilliant preseason, and the question's going to come up. Oh, maybe there's something there. But um, putting that putting that to one side for obvious Reddit reasons, I do think there's a, there's an arc here. I think there's a, a redemption story for somebody. Yeah. Um, Endo Vele, La Celso, Brian Hill, Ro- maybe not Roden, but I do think there's a there's a moment here for somebody just to go. Hang on, um, I've seen what I've seen what you guys did last season. It was an incredible turnaround. You're in the Champions League. I've got to get myself motivated and do something big. So I do think there's a there's a redemption story somewhere there. Um, I would like it to be Endombele just to come in and beat up past the midfielder, prove us all wrong, and just do it. But I I don't see it. But I think perhaps Lacelso. Maybe I think one of them is going to do some madness preseason, and Conte's going to go fuck it. I'm not selling them. <laughs> Nathan, any thoughts from you on players to watch in preseason? Yeah, I, I kind of lean towards Barty's position that one of the players that we're expecting to go, just the odds are that one of them um, sticks around, or has a good preseason, um, and is and is in some way functionally helpful to the squad. Um, I don't know. 
you know, Bardi's list and also add both Bergvine and Emerson Royale. I bet Bergvine's sale is going to be announced by the time this podcast goes yeah, out now. But that's the thing. <laughs> but yeah. one of the players we're expecting to move on will 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 still have minutes for us next season. Yeah. And the thing I always like about preseason is um, you get a blend of experienced players and youth players, and you get to sort of see what stage the youth players are at in their development and um and a few often shock you so if i some, throw some names out there i mean i think i think troy parrott and jack clark will surprise people with how much mm. they have progressed over the last year yeah um especially parrott but i think a lot there's a lot of uh, mockery of jack clark because of the way the transfer fee was reported which i don't think was accurate by the way um, but I think Clark's a really, really talented player. He just had a really, really good season. And I was also preparing to do a video with you on him. Uh. Um, but maybe we're about to sell him. So if he if he's sticking around on the books, um, we'll have a look at him. I I don't know. I, I still feel like, okay, if you're... How old is he now? 21. 21. If you're too good um, for League One as a wingback, his first season as wingback... At 21, I think you're still projecting towards being a, a capable Premier League player. I think that he's, I don't know if he's interested in staying on our books, signing a new contract, going back out on loan, or if he's like, no, I just want a permanent move and I want to begin my career properly now. I don't mm. understand if that's his position, but yeah, for sure. I, I think that we, I think that he has a pretty high potential as a wingback still. And I want to see, I want to see some more of that, especially with Conte at the club. And the thing about Parrot that I like in, in our current setup is the fact that he plays so much on the right mm. for MK Dons. And we don't have that much cover on the right for Kulusevsky other than Lucas. <laughs> Um, and I think that could be really useful. And, and Parrot obviously can play up front as well. Uh, I, I really think there's a, a very good player in Troy Parrot, and I'm not against him going out on loan at all, but I think we should take a proper good hard look at him in preseason and work out where he is in his development. Then we have Alfie Devine, who I think is absolutely a Premier League player of the future. Hopefully at Spurs, I think he's going to be a star. Um suspecting he will go out on loan this season, but... And also because he's been away with England under 19, we don't know when he'll be back to join up for preseason. He'll presumably need a bit of a break. Um, but I think he could surprise a few people. And if I was to throw out one more name... Patsoski wide centre-back minutes? I, I'm not against Peskoczy getting some minutes, but uh, I'm going for another wide centre-back, actually. Look out for Charlie Sayers, left-sided centre-back, okay. who we signed from South End. Um, he's 18. Uh, he is... Very much a ball-playing left-sided centre-back. He's quite a tall lad, so he could hold his own. Uh, he played some left-back during his his younger years, and he's sort of become a centre-back. So I think he's very well suited to the, the wing-back system, the back three. And yeah, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Charlie Sayers was involved in some of those early pre-season matches. I'd certainly like to see it happen because I think he's one that we should be looking to to fast track over over others. So yeah, I think uh, I think there's plenty to be excited about in pre-season. Uh, Mike V says, following on from that discussion, which member of the squad do you think is in need of a loan the most badly and to what level of competition? I've got to say Dane Scarlett, I think at this point, is 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 gagging for a loan. Uh, he, he needs to go and score some goals in League One, I think. Uh, and really put his stamp on the game and show what he's about. Um, I don't think we did him many favours last year. I don't think he was terrible, but I don't think we did him many favours by sort of putting him up against some some big old centre-backs who kind of bullied him. Uh, I'm sure he'd have learned something from it, but 
Yeah, it'd be he good for him now to. Bullied he that, really did. He got kicked about, league. didn't he? Wow. Yeah. I just, I have my fears about him. I just don't. I just, he still looks so young, no? I know he is young, but he looks really young. He needs to develop. He needs to start eating that chicken. <laughs> he looked pretty good for the under 19s. Did a, a, a decent, sort of rounded job as a striker. Some good hold up plays, some running behind, some, some decent finishing. Uh, Nathan, you got some flack for criticizing one of his finishes. <laughs> <laughs> From you, <laughs> partly from me, but, but many from everyone else. I just thought that he he needed to play that first time with his left foot and curl it. I just okay. thought that he put it in an area where there were a bunch of defenders. There were like three defenders. You should have got a toe on it, and the keeper should have had it covered too. Maybe it caught them all off guard, and that's yeah, the impressive that, bit, right? But that's what I liked. Did yeah. it go it, in? Don't 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 <laughs> fucking did it go in me? <laughs> he, it's a, it's buddy, you, but... buddy, he the the game I slowed down for him, and he passed it into the far corner. It was it was calmness personified. I, I saw the beef. If there's a, if there's a Twitter beef, I always go sniffing around <laughs> to have a look. And it, it went in. It wasn't the tidiest finish in the world, but it was okay. It went through some legs, yeah. And yeah. Um, if it goes through legs, it's always good. I liked it. Mm. <laughs> Anyone else you think is uh, is ripe for a loan? Uh, I think we kind of covered it, Parrot, perhaps. But now you've got me interested in seeing him uh, hanging around the first team. I'd love to see Parrot in preseason. Yeah. You sold him now. The other one that needs a loan is Niall John. He went on loan to Charlton last year and didn't play a single minute. Uh, it was the most pointless loan ever. Charlton were having a terrible time. They brought in too many loan players. And so he couldn't get on the bench because they already had too many loan players. They didn't put any faith in him. I think if they did, they'd have been better off because he's a really talented, technical central midfielder who can also play as a number 10. But that was an awful, awful move in hindsight. And we need to make sure he gets a better move next time around. So I've got to ask a question. Who's responsible for that? So why did we loan him to a club that already had too many players on loan? And why the hell did they loan him? Is that our fault or, or um, Charles' fault? Well, I assume they made promises that they then didn't keep. I, I, I can't imagine Spurs would have gone for it unless they were told that he would play games um, because it was a complete waste of half a season for him. Mm. I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, we've we've now appointed a whole bunch of backroom staff this summer, so hopefully we'll have a better handle on loans and... Um, yeah, and and hopefully hopefully developing some partnerships with some some potential loan clubs because uh, that was not it, <laughs> waste of everyone's time. Uh, Horseshit and Burgers once again one of our favourite handles. Horseshit and Burgers says, "Is it now or never for this season under Conte?" As exciting as things are at the moment, I can't help but think that this is going to be short lived. I remember Nathan saying the players will get bored of training and other teams will find us out. So, do you think Conte can evolve and we could have a few, year, few years of him, or is he a very good one-trick pony and we have to turn this into something tangible now? I'm feeling a little less concerned about other teams finding him out, but I do maintain the concern about players getting bored of his training methods, and I think that I think that that rather than than other teams adapting has been the bigger thing in his career so far. the The optimism here is that like he didn't have a full season last year and that there's there is ha an ongoing turnover of players happening that is sufficient i th i think that there is also um because he didn't you know win the league in his first season there remains a hunger like a collective hunger there to make this situation work i was just about to say something similar that the, the size of club and the state state of our club 
as mm. it stands kind of benefits that because there's there's room for growth so whilst you feel like you're moving towards something i don't think you'd necessarily get bored or it would go stale i think if you've won lots and then you keep winning lots i could imagine that the the training would get slightly boring maybe i don't know i think if you if you've got if you've got if you can kind of project to the future and think what you can become and you're seeing improvement year on year i don't think that's boring it is worth noting, I think, that Perisic has joined, but um, mm. both Ericsson and Bastoni have actively declined to return to Conte's training. Uh, do you not think with Ericsson that it comes from us declining there him? Are, the, yeah, there are plenty of other circumstances involved in that decision. I'm not saying I believe that's why. I'm just saying that that is a, a present thing mm. going on there. Okay. Er, you know, Ericsson is looking for a big contract and yeah. United love to overpay, right? Um, oh, I don't, I'm not getting Champions League, so I want a different kind of assurance in some way. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> we'll give you Pogba's wages, you know? Um, Bersoni is an Inter fan, likes living in Milan, you know, in no rush to move, has plenty of his career ahead of him. There are, there are other circumstances. And again, Perisic has come to us. So I'm not saying none of Conte's former players want to join. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that is, it's got to be an element in their decision making. And it's not so strongly positive that it's overpowered the other circumstances. Yeah, I, I'm not too concerned about the players getting bored. Harry Kane is someone that strikes me. He's like he loves his gusto meals. He likes chop. He likes his one onion. He likes his one bit of garlic. He likes to know how much seasoning and what to chop, when to put the potatoes in. So Harry Kane, for me, as long as he's smashing out those meals and getting the goals, he's not bothered. He's going to be on board with this. And I think for Tottenham, we've just been so wishy-washy the last few years of just not doing anything. I think getting a manager in who's just pummeled them, in, pummeled them into a system and a style of play, that, that is good. And it's exciting. It's not boring football, man. We're scoring goals and being really interesting. And I think once you master that, then you start adding new players, fresh players and freshening it up. I don't think he's had the opportunity to, to rebuild a team. At Inter, it was being sold from underneath him. Chelsea's a whole different kind of worms and Juve kind of had run his course. He'd been there a long time. So I'm not worried about Conte being short-lived. Um, if we go, if we have another two, three seasons of him, then I, I'm, that'd be great. And I, I do think he's, he's, here for the long, he's here for the long haul. For the first time in domestic club football history, players are going to be looking forward to set-piece training as a relief. From <laughs> <laughs> I do believe that Conte will get us... Conte's system gets us to a certain point in the game and then just by simply upgrading those individuals. So Doherty's, Doherty's good, you know, but Spence has the ability to do what Doherty does but then add a li- another dimension to it. Basuma's like a, a next step up from from Heuberg or, or Bentancur and then um, Sessegnon is a step up from Reguillon and, and Perisic is completely something different. All of a sudden then you add an individual nature into it but they're able to still perform the patterns and everything else but there's there is still that chance that they can swivel their hips and just step out the line dancing and do some samba uh listeners in case you missed it you can tick off potatoes on your extra inch <laughs> bingo's bingo card right now um yeah i feel I, I i'm not too worried about this i mean i do i do think that we've got a two-year period now where we have conte kane and son hopefully all at the club for the next couple of years and that is probably as good a chance we're going to have at winning the league in God, I mean, I don't know. I don't until know how long it will be until, yeah, until next time we completely rebuild our attack. Um, and that's, I, do you know what? In the shower the other day, and I was, I was, 
I was contemplating whether I was going to bring this up on the pod. I was thinking, how how awful is our fan base going to be post Conte? <laughs> don't don't do this. Don't do this. Shut this off right now, Barty. Say something more about potatoes, please. <laughs> everybody, you mean but everybody we don't need to worry Conte about it. Daddy. No, no, no. Just like the 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 sense of entitlement, I think, is going to be no. off off the scale. We don't need to worry about it now. We don't need to worry about it. And and Potter will be. Potter will be <laughs> at the perfect antidote. Potter will be getting booed by England fans. Um, I, what I'm enjoying about Conte is everyone stopped talking about Pochettino. Finally, no one talks about Pochettino anymore. So um, that's what I'm enjoying. They still, um, they still just about um, on on the Coy's subreddit photoshopped night new signings with uh, the Pochettino arm. Oh wow! Them. <laughs> <laughs> what they should do is photoshop the arm and then also photoshop Conte's head yeah, onto yeah, Pochettino's need, head. Yeah, that's yeah, the, that's it. That's the Galaxy Brain version. Um, Alex Bartlett says, question for the pod. With the move to five subs from three, will the Premier League become even more intense, fast-paced and physical? Will managers set up tactically to make five subs later on in the game by taking off players who are exhausted? Will Spurs benefit from the move to five subs overall overall relative to other teams? Mm. First of all, excellent question. Really, Mm. really good question. Um, I think that... Um, uh, for the most part, um, top level coaches don't make enough substitutes already. They didn't already with three. Um, and in competitions where they've been, where there have been five, they have been slow to move towards five. Um, so I do think that all of those things will happen, but not for two or three years. Will we get to the level where um, the sort of meta-tactical um, use of substitutions has adapted to that level? I mean, what I think what it offers us and a smart manager and a smart recruitment is you're, you're able to take those positions in your team that are really kind of high work, in, in, industrious mm-hmm. to centre midfield. And you can, you can have a, a, a second, not a second string, but like in ice hockey, you could have a, a plan. And, I mean, I have no idea about ice hockey. I played it once on the PlayStation, but you could have individuals that, that are the same as the ones that started, just quickly rotate them out. So special for example, team. special team. Yeah. Or, um, <clears throat> Italy during the Euros would always have Jorginho, Verratti, Barella. And then what they would do is they would just swap out those. Out would come Barella or Verratti and in would go Locatelli, a player of a similar similar standard and similar skill set and just be able to change it. So there's never that drop-off. So if you're a high-pressing team and your midfield works really hard, you just swap out those three. You can swap out two of the three and the same with your forwards or your wing-backs. I think it gives us the opportunity to really be smart in the transfer window and then just be smart on how we play. 60 minutes every game, two wing-backs and two central yeah. midfielders change over. Pretty much. So we've pretty much already become accustomed to that with Conte. We knew it was going to happen because Nima told us as much. The wingbacks change on 70 minutes every game, at least, you know, at the latest point without fail. What I'm looking forward to is three wingbacks on either side playing 30 minutes each. I think that's what we need to aim for. Uh, 30 minutes gone, first sub comes up, both wingbacks off. 60 minutes gone, same again, both wingbacks off. Constant fresh legs. Why not? I think I one hundred percent agree. You could, you could, your wing back can murder. Okay, here we go. Two questions to end on. Jack Mack says, if you had to make a Spurs five-a-side team from the current squad, who are you choosing? No rush goalie. So this is something that comes up periodically. The the Spurs as a five-a-side team, um, and we normally sort of settle on a core group, and then there's a couple we argue over. Who who's getting into the five-a-side team from the current squad? Um, I'm putting Fraser in goal. 
I just think he he fills the five aside goal. Like you, you're not getting that ball past him, and um, just in my head, he's better with his feet and rolling it out. So I I, I would put my hand up for Fraser and goal. Okay, um, Romero. Romero's the the most nailed on member of the five aside team. I think he's absolutely yeah. perfect for it. Absolutely perfect for it. So and Dombele. Oh, and Dombele in five aside would be a dream, wouldn't he? I don't know. Is he going to get up and down that pitch? I don't. Know. I don't. It's pretty. So it's fast a small pace. pitch. It's a small pitch. Okay, fine. And there's um, no, there's no like tactical instructions. He doesn't need to be doing what the manager tells him. He doesn't need to be. You know, it's all, it's all play. It's all just creative. Okay. Whatever he wants to do. I'm going to put a question mark next to him, but I, okay. I, I will accept if you two say Endombele, let's do it. I actually think Bergvine would be a fantastic five-a-side player. Just loads of little give and goes, like their burst of pace in the final third. Uh, Shooting off both feet, I, th- I think Bergvine would be really nice. But I think you you, you can't not pick Son, can you, for a five-a-side team? It'd be so good. Okay, so the, um, Fraser Forster, Romero, Ndombele, Son and Bergvine. You're, you're, so you're not picking Kane. You're picking yeah. Bergvine over Kane. <laughs> I would go Kane over <laughs> Bergvine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you kind of... And, so um, he's, his long passing is basically negated by the fact that the pitch is smaller mm. uh, and you don't really do much long passing in five-a-side typically, but he's just an elite footballer. He, he'll he put the ball in from anywhere and I, w- I would take out Sun and swap Sun for Kulisewski. Oh, Kulisewski's a good shout. I don't so, like Kulisewski in five-a-side. <gasps> I'm not feeling that. Really? I think his 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 outstanding attribute is like his um his dribbling when he's got lots and lots of space to work with down down the touchline and like his crossing which is a uh, which is a long pass again. Mm, true, true. Um, I was thinking more for the defensive work rate. You need someone who gets up who and covers. Down. Yeah. Plus I, got- I think the thing is that like when you think about um defensive work rate in five aside and playing with your mates and then you think about Premier League football. Um, you might have a situation where it's like, oh, you know, Kane, you used to press lots and then maybe not so much anymore. But compare that to like your mates down the park in five aside. Mm. Premier League footballers are doing a lot of defensive work compared to that. So I'm not worried about it. even who's the laziest forward going. He's still <laughs> he's still getting up and down. And, and Ronaldo. Doing, yeah, Ronaldo. Even Ronaldo is doing more than like the guy who sees himself as the poacher down, yeah. down the park. Yeah. I'm just thinking about how I play seven aside as it is and... Uh, and how annoyed I get when people don't track their man, and I'm now thinking, mm. actually, I just want Shoy Bear and Skip in the in the, in the Spurs <laughs> team because they're not going to anger me because I, I know they will, I know they will follow their men every time. I think Kulusevski and Ndombele give you butts, and they give you like they could take the ball with the opposite because it's tight. And all the skills that Ndombele has, Kulusevski has as well. You could really play off them, drop the ball back to Kane, and Kane could Kane could score on the pitch from anywhere. I don't know if yeah. you've been if you watch Totti when he plays with his five aside team in Rome. He's just pinging the ball in from all angles, and I think that's what <laughs> that's what Kane would do. You seen Kane play walking football? No. Okay. All right. Everyone's homework is to search for Harry Kane walking football and then you will have no doubt about putting Kane in your five-a-side team. Nice, nice. Now we've got a lot more out of that question than I expected. Uh, well done. Well, we didn't do the official lineup. We haven't agreed. Have we agreed with it? Forster, Ndombele, Romero, Kane and who are we going? Kulusevski, Son or Bergwijn? Well, I, have... my, I'm saying Son, but we, I think we, we can leave that to disagree if you want. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We'll finish on this one. So both Elijah and Brian ask similar questions. Uh, what are your worst ever takes? I mean, there's been a few from you, Wendy. 
Um, I think my personal one, not, I'm not going to call you out. I'm going to, I'm going to own up to mine is when we signed Sanchez. I was convinced <laughs> Davinson Sanchez was, oh, was yeah. going to be better than Ledley King. I just thought <laughs> the way he played and everything else that he was, <laughs> he was going to be better than King. And I'm owning it. I'm admitting it. I bet Wendy won't admit any of it. No, I, I am. Yeah. I know what mine is. I know what mine I've is got by plen- far. I've got plenty correct. Pickford, uh, Romero, that kind of stuff. But I'm going to, I'm going to go Sanchez. No, no, I know comfortably what mine is. I wanted Moussa Dembele sold to Sunderland. I was, <laughs> I was absolutely done. I was absolutely done with Moussa Dembele for Spurs. I could not see what value he could possibly add. And then he went on to become the best midfielder we've had in decades. Other than Modric, of course. Uh, yeah, that was a horrible take. Sorry, sorry, Moussa. Uh, I guess mine would be something along the lines of, you know, uh, Tanguy Ndombele will transform the club and assert mm. himself as the best midfielder in the world. I'm not going to lie. After that, after his debut against uh, Villa, where he scored, he scored that <laughs> goal. I walked out of that stadium, and anybody that would listen to me, I said, "He's the greatest midfielder that's ever played for Tottenham." <laughs> <laughs> I was convinced he was. He, oh, I, we'd never seen a player like him before, you know. It's so annoying that it didn't work out because he's so talented. Mm. Oh God, it really upsets me still that we didn't manage to get a tune out of him. Could come back. This could be his year. You never know. I wrote an article on the Fighting Cock Forum that Winks should replace Dembele as he was beginning to struggle with his injuries. Mm. How do you feel about that now? Um, not great. <laughs> I, the, 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 <laughs> you can't. You're going to make me defend myself now. You, <laughs> you don't have to. It's bad takes, Nathan. Don't defend <laughs> okay, yourself. Right, it's yeah. fine. Fine. Uh, you you weren't sure about Romero either. That's true. I had I had doubts. I had doubts. The thing is, I I stand by largely stand by having that hesitancy and i did say you know the upside is through the ceiling i just have a worry about the downside that um and it and it paid off and i said you, you know you've got to take some gambles sometimes so i don't feel too bad about that one maybe the video the overall t- tone of the video was was more pessimistic than it should have been mm. um there's a probably a final one that i should just nail on probably i backed jose too hard probably <laughs> he's come down off the hill I, I backed him too hard. I still think he's, he did a decent job at Roma. He won them a cup and stuff, but True. perhaps I did go too hard on my manager. I I just think I needed something to believe in, and unfortunately, it was Mourinho, so maybe I, I shouldn't have backed him so hard. But then it would have been just the three of us sitting around every week going, oh, fucking Mourinho, he's shit, he's shit, he's shit. Hmm. So uh, it had its purpose. Rather than the two of us just doing that, you mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, uh, Liverpool fans, especially, uh, Grace on Football, loves, love to retweet an old tweet of mine from 2018 saying that Klopp would never do better than fourth or something like that. That's, that one's, that one's aged very well. Yeah, I think, um, one of your mates, Nathan, found a tweet of mine where I said, um, I compared, I said, this is what Mourinho's doing at Spurs and Klopp and uh, he's leaving Klopp and Guardiola in the mud, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Go on, Bardi. It's uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling good today. I'll give you one free hit at me. Uh, what's what's my other worst ever take? Um, when you, I think you once said in. Oh, I mean, let me, let me let me get my pipe and slippers. There's um, just in, just in recent times, there's Ben. You're allowed White. one. You're allowed one. There's Ben White, and then there was your overconfidence. You've had your one. That England would win the the Euros, and I think you even used the term. I starred it in WhatsApp. I think. Don't worry, Ricky. We've got this. <laughs> You got me. You got me. You've been listening to The Extra Inch. Thanks to Nathan A. Clark for production. Thanks to Bardi for being Italian. Thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork. 
Thanks to David Lindmer for our intro music. You can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and his SoundCloud, The Lindmer. Do check him out, he's great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.